Welcome to PT. This is episode 22. Punktheology.net. Stop by and see us. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season three. We've all heard of virtual reality, but do we know the difference? Due to some of the pressures and isolation of COVID-19, the question in summer of 2020 beckons... Are we learning to choose our own reality? I like it. I like it. The red light is on in the studio. In the basement. The remote studio. Yeah, we're in the basement. We're in Derek's basement because there's like a whole lot of shit going on. Studio. Garage studio. Remodel. Remodel. Yep. Which is good. That stuff needs to get done. My neighbor was telling... He has a similar to what you guys got going on in the back of your place. And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of dry rot and shit. Like, I gotta get back there. Yeah, a lot of that crap, you don't know what's there until you get into it. Oh, I mm. knew. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I knew that there was a lot of yeah, damage. We just didn't, hadn't gotten to it in a long time. So. It reminds me of therapy. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I just, you know... If I could just keep going to, like, 12-step groups, I really wouldn't have to deal with the emotional stuff. I could just deal with the fact that I I uh, medicated too much. <laughs> if I could blame the things I was medicating, like, that would be better. Yeah, if you can distract yourself with logistics, then you're not feeling <laughs> That's right, logistics. Yeah. I don't want to tear into that. Like, let's just let's just deal with the paint, maybe, <laughs> broken glass. Right. Get into foundation cracks, man. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to whip out the cement and start no. jacking up the house with a freaking jack or something. Anyway, we're getting way too metaphorical. Uh, we were talking about, Derek touched on this idea that you can kind of make up your own whatever freaky reality you want right now. And we're sort of like we're kind of sinking into a, a strange place with the COVID-19. So many people unemployed. Yet we have enough money to still connect to the internet, right? Right. What doesn't does that take, look like? It doesn't take much money to connect to the internet. No, it doesn't. I'm getting 10 bucks a month right now, yeah, man. That's pretty like, good. Yeah. And then it goes decently fast enough for you to get in the chat rooms, and that's all you need. Yeah. Uh, yeah, There's. I saw an article recently about this guy who predicted 10 years ago that the internet was going to evolve into a place where people can basically just choose their own reality. Mm. And, I mean, the, you know, the epitome of this are things like the Flat Earth Society. Right. Where if I want to believe that the Earth is flat, I can find a whole community of people with their own quote-unquote facts and their own, you know, theories on everything and their own funding and their own interest and um, feel like I'm part of something and feel like I'm part of some tribe and get to feel like I'm the smart one in the room and all these, everybody else is a sheep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and how it seems uh, over time as the Internet continues to grow, that just gets easier and easier and easier to get sucked into to the point where, like, that's an extreme example, but some of the more subtle ones, it's really hard sometimes to tell. Like, is that actually... That could be true. Yeah. There's, and there's not a lot to back it up, but there's not a lot to counter it either. Right. Uh, I think this stuff with the COVID that came out recently really reinforced that because there was so much confusion at the beginning over 
what was true and what wasn't. Uh, and then uh, because science was catching up and it was cutting edge and we, we weren't sure what was going to work and what wasn't didn't work, we had all these different voices in there telling us different things. Yeah. And I think the fact that that happened gave a lot of people permission to just blow the whole thing off and just, uh, like, fuck science. Like, they don't actually know what they're talking about. Well, then you got those that will find science that will base their particular belief system. Right. And I was talking to somebody the other day about how I grew up under that worldview. My dad did that all the time. He would find this idea that he wanted to believe in. And he would hold. He would start there, kind of at the peak, and then he would spend months scraping up bullshit <laughs> to build a path up to the thing that he wanted to believe in. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a, uh, a phrase in medicine to warn doctors that if you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. Uh, and the way my dad's brain worked, he always heard zebras mm. every time and he didn't have really have anything to stop him from doing that uh, and he was in Idaho and around a lot of other people that enabled that for him right um, and which is really fun uh, and it's really interesting and it's really exciting but when you start banking real-life decisions off of zebras and the only thing that ever shows up is horses it starts to really fuck with you yeah. Uh, and Chuck and I were talking about this the other day because he's similar in, in the way his upbringing was and, and similar in kind of how his mind works. Um, and it, it takes a long time. It took me a long time and it took Chuck a long time to figure out how damaging that is to relationships. Mm. How people, other real people don't want to live in your fantasy land. Yeah. Where you may And then they're the worried about stepping out. If I step out... It's kind of like walking on eggshells around right. someone in relationships, They're not safe. right? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to freak out and, and either yeah. strike, lash out, or completely cut me off? Yeah. And honestly, you know what geosynchronous orbit works? Like, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's an example. Throwing that out there on the flat earthers. There's got to be. There's a guy though. There's a guy sitting there somewhere, and he's got a mathematical equation on right. why. Because he's so like that path to, of bullshit, like right. you were saying. And he's is a real thing. And he's really good at it, yeah. right? Some people really are able to. They're bullshit artists, and they can make a very convincing looking path uh, that people that don't necessarily have that talent are amazed by, and yeah. and then it sucks them in because all of them. It's got to be true because nobody could just come up with that on their own. Like no, they can. There's a word in social yeah, psychology like, for that. I'm gonna see if I can look up. Uh, <laughs> it's so true. And my dad was is totally one of those people. He's brilliant. He's so creative, uh, and he can make you doubt the most basic tenets of reality, because he can make all these weird connections that all of a sudden come together. And you're, oh yeah, that's interesting. I can see that. But it's always zebras every time. And then, but if you actually bank on it, and you know, put your money where your mouth is, you come up craps, because it's zebras. But it's never zebras. It's always horses. <laughs> yeah. There's something to, you know, just in statistics. Like, I listen to a bunch of social psych lectures at, like, pre prestigious colleges. Like, I geeked out on that stuff. And one of the professors was talking about the reason why big blockbuster films do way better than independent films, right? 
Um, you see this recently in a movie called The Banker, and it's about two African American guys. It's a true story up until almost the end, you know. And what happened at almost the end was that one of the guys got a divorce. Um, he had a son, and his son actually ended up molesting uh, the half sisters. So the movie was great, and the guys who did this were awesome. These two black men bought one of the largest bank buildings in L.A. like in the early 60s, which was amazing. And then one of them, because he was from Texas, went over to Texas to start messing with with their banking system and having African Americans financially, you know, help that economy. Like, it's just such a great story, except for the fact that they had to sell Hollywood or whoever this idea that it wasn't what it was. And if we're going to keep the sun in the movie and then just totally ignore these two women right. who were horribly, like, it started at four years old. And they were molested and raped by their brother. Like, we're just going to leave that... We're just going to leave them out of the story altogether. It wasn't so much that they didn't include that part in the story, but it was the fact that they, they didn't even get married. Like, the mom... They, that whole p part of the story wasn't even in there, you know? And so they got huge trouble for it. And Samuel L. Jackson... Like, I almost feel bad for him, because he probably didn't know. He right. just, you know, backed it did with his own movie, money yeah. and did the movie and produced the movie. And, and Apple put the kibosh on it until, like, now it's out. Right. Which it ain't making the money it would have made if they had just let reality be reality. But no, in the film industry, we've got we to sell, we gotta sell a product that people can make easily feel palate. Good. Yeah, make yeah. you feel good. Yeah. It solves the dissonance really quickly. Right. Like, I want a movie that solves the dissonance. Independent films don't do that, right? They kind of they kind of land and everything's sort of messy, and they don't get good reviews because they don't solve that cognitive dissonance that we so want. I don't know. But yeah, but it just feels like it's spreading fast, mm. and that there's this type of uh, schizophrenia going on. So explain like, the schizophrenia, because we're schizophrenia. You know, I mean, there's different manifestations, but it's really where you your brain shows you things and you can't tell if it's real or not. Like, that's one of the big struggles of schizophrenia. Yeah. Is, like, people will see, like, people that just are not there. Yeah. And and hear things that just... Hear voices. Yeah, and like, that, yeah. and they really genuinely cannot tell what's real and what's not real. Yeah. And we have this kind of light version of that going on on a really massive scale. Where the more you dig, the more you just end up with more questions. And, uh, and we're left... Um, you know, certain part of the population runs to hard facts and hard scientific data. Uh, but to be frank, that's usually kind of disappointing. Mm -hmm. That does not give you a nice, clean sense of meaning and fulfillment in your life yeah. when a lot of those cold, hard facts come out. And, you know, it's the, it was the thing that Trump popularized, the alternative facts mentality mm -hmm. of, like, I, yeah, I don't like those facts. Yeah, I, I, I have these other facts that uh, maybe they don't, maybe they're not nearly as linear in terms of how they tie to each other. But if you you know squint and tilt your head just right, they look just as good as the other facts do. Yeah, man. Um, and they and they feel better. They feel way better. 
Um, and it's, it starts to come up against that real difficult question of American freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, and politics is a big one because politicians do that. Oh, yeah. Like They've done that for years. It's just, it's just called rhetoric. Yeah, and that's spin, been right? that's been around since the remember Greeks. the spin doctors in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's that's any kind of polling. You can get polling numbers to to back your opinion, mm-hmm. no yeah. matter what your opinion is. It depends so on I, how you ask the question. Yes, and where you ask the question, and where you ask the question, and, right. and that's why I have I place no no value in in, in uh, polling numbers because it's you can go anywhere and get the poll. You can find a poll number to back your belief system, and that's one of the things. That I think about is how do you know that your belief system is is true? Because so one of the things I remember in college is is uh, there is no absolute truth, mm. and it's like what is truth? You know, is one plus one is two is truth? I think that's getting into what you touched on, Derek, and that's a beautiful. I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because I've been really thinking about that a lot. Because I think that certainty, and maybe that's what your dad. And, and we talk about this in a religious context, but it's not just religion. No. Science can do it, too, just based on, I just want to study over here. Like, I really want this to be true, so we're just going to focus all of our scientific data on that. Yeah. But certainty addiction, I think, is a, really, is a real thing, and what it does is it blocks truth. Mm-hmm. So there is a truth. But you, if you don't want to see it hard enough, yeah. that's where I love scientists, when scientists get in a room, like there's some environmentalists that I, I respect because they they will sit in the room with difference, right? I think that's the beauty of it. They'll sit in the room and they'll get together and really want, or engineers. So there's some engineers that are trying to build an airplane or you hear the stories about how they came up with a V8 engine. Those guys had to work together and not be certainty addicts for that freaking thing to exist. Right. You know? Well, we don't we don't want to face the potential of being wrong. So there we go. I don't think we want to be in a room. We find it uncomfortable to be in a room surrounding or with other people that that think differently than you do mm-hmm. or have a different viewpoint. That's the ego, isn't it? Like your ego doesn't want to be. I think your I mean, ego's gone. What <clears throat> you grow up and you start to rely and build off of certain kind of foundational things that you think are true. Mm-hmm. And one of the most horrific things ever is to start to suspect that the thing that you spent 60 years investing in might not actually be as true as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and your ego will do pretty much anything to keep that at arm's length. Yeah. Like shove that behind me. I don't want to even look at that. Because I just don't have the energy. You hear that in um, corporate America where a lot of... I heard that with a lot of older people getting close to retirement and then just getting fired or let right. go. or and, and a lot of them that said this, they said that it's like I had a ladder that was leaned up against a certain wall and I got to the top of the wall and there was nothing there. You know, there's the, whole, the old watch and the pension and all of that that, that I think the greatest generation encountered... You know, even like your generation, Steve, didn't encounter that. No. Like, just so many boomers or even just, fuck you, you're laid off, this is about money, we don't care about people. Well, we realize <laughs> my dad's been gone eight years, uh, worked at Boeing for 50 years. Wow. And mom starts to freak out a little bit about finances, and then my brother and, da- and, and sister 
have known mom's finances, and they go, Mom, you can afford this. He left her off really well, you know, and he didn't work the last 20 years of his life, but he suffered from that idea of, you know, that I put that time in. I, well, you work for Boeing, Boeing owns you. I mean, they owned your soul. Dad told me when I got out of college, he says, I can get you on Boeing if you want. And at times I think, shit, I should have done it, you know, 40 years ago. But he says, I'll just warn you, they'll suck your soul. <laughs> you don't you don't own your life. And he says, and I, I saw that live down to my dad after he retired. Because he retired and my daughters would spend three days a week over at their house. While my wife and I both worked. I'd come home and find my dad on the floor playing games with my, my daughters. And I'm like, who are you? You know, where'd my dad go? Because, but my mom said, because he's not working. And she said he changed the moment he retired. He changed. But that's the fact is you, you build your life towards a goal that you think is real. Yeah. And then if it's a house of cards and gets blown down, you know, what do you do? And that's what I like to think I can do is sit and be with people with an open mind and critical think and okay, that might be true. What if is, is and does that scare me? That possibility that what I have based on my belief system on for even the last five years is that still true? Yeah. You know, I have uh, going graduating from a conservative Christian college in the seventies. I have a lot of regrets about my belief system at that time based upon today. I think I would have been a better guy. I know it would have been a better boyfriend and husband to my wife if my belief system had been different. But can we sit and not be certain that we're right? Uh, my, my oldest and I have, have issues. I, I know where to go and not to go with her, but she's certain that she's right. You know, she's 30. And the possibility of her not being right is unacceptable. It's terrifying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <clears throat> yeah, and there's it always you watch this happen over and over again for someone questions some one of those cards at the very bottom of the tower. Yeah. And they have to figure out do I pull this card or do I try and make it stronger? Uh and both options suck. Yeah. But and both options have I don't know. I feel like pulling it out has an immediate uh, tragedy to it, and that you may be paying for that decision for you know five, ten years even, where it'll completely foundationally change your life. Uh, and doubling down has a long, drawn out, never concluded. Um, tragedy to it, yeah. and that tends to build over time, where it it might be okay for five or ten years, but if you if every year you have to come back and recast it in concrete a second time, right. eventually it's just yeah, it's just gonna. Well, you you growing up in Idaho, Derek, you were uh, raised Republican, right? Yep, about as Republican as you can be. Yeah. When do you remember when? You said, I don't know that I'm Republican anymore. Yeah, it's been fairly recently. That's been really hard for me. What was the impetus for that change? Trump's been really hard on my Republicanism. Really? Like, I just don't even recognize the party anymore. 
I was all set and ready to vote for uh, Rubio. I liked Rubio. Yeah, Rubio. me too. I did. Me I, too. And, and I voted for Obama, and I was ready to vote for, and I didn't feel bad about it, uh, and I was ready to vote for Rubio. Um, and the last four years, like, it's, like, it's sickening to me. Um, uh, all, it feels like they stripped out all of the stuff that I liked, and they tripled down on all the stuff that I always, that always bothered me. Um, and, uh, and it's so hard to watch, or to try and connect with some of my old friends that are still in that world. See, that's where I want to be able to do it. For me, it was Donald Miller, uh, the okay. author. Yeah. He's the one that changed that, opened my eyes. And it might have been Blue Light Jazz. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Uh, it's in, I believe he said, instead of, okay, because I was raised Republican as well. Um, I remember mm -hmm. when uh, Kennedy beat Nixon in 64, show my age, um, I was eight years old. And I remember telling him, I remember my dad was very very vocal about voting for Nixon. And I remember telling him, Dad, your guy lost. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> but that's what I always, that's what I voted all the way up there. Until Miller's book. And he says, what if we go, no, don't vote a party, but vote what we feel like your, your belief system, your conscience is telling you. And that's what I've tried to do um, since then. I voted for, uh, the last election, I voted for... Uh, well, Gary Johnson. That's what I voted for too. Uh, and this this election, I have no idea, because there's there's not a third alternative, unless you're right. I mean, not even Gary Johnson probably wasn't a real possibility anyway. But at least it was somewhere somewhat legitimately than what we would be now. Yeah. Getting under the politics of it, I think that going back to what you said earlier, Derek, I was thinking about touching on a conversation I had a few days ago about the foundational building blocks and some of the dangers of this sort of schizophrenia that you're you're bringing up was like that's a story from my own life i remember i quit high school at like like i was 16 the first time i quit high school and then i went into an alternative school so i was pretty heavy into drugs and i started to get cleaned up off of that that was some of the interesting parts of my my Christian upbringing was going to a church and getting saved again, <laughs> you know, like doing the altar call and then really feeling like, oh, you know, yeah, I've been living my life wrong and now I'm going to live my life right. That's the interesting thing about salvation too is salvation. I've had to be saved from salvation itself, I think, because salvation came with this kind of disclaimer at the bottom. Okay, now you have to not fuck everything up. And it was that voice in my head that would point out the disclaimer. Don't fuck everything up. So I remember going to an alternative school. And it was ironic because I, when I met you and... Uh, I mean, I met you before, but I met Chuck at, at Port Gardner, which was meeting in the alternative school that I went to after I had quit high school the first time. Right, and it was sort of weird. I remember Chuck even walking up to me like, "Are you okay?" I'm like walking around in this place, going, yeah. "Wow, I remember this." 
And you could smoke. So this is the 80s, and all the students could smoke in the basement, like in this big lunchroom, and there was a bunch of cigarettes, you know, a bunch of kids hanging out, smoking cigarettes, and the freaking science teacher has hairs, really long hair, hippie guy, look like freaking Chong or something. Right. Um, but really meshing with the crew and feeling like these are kind of my people. And I went about two weeks into it, and, and they started to ask me questions about what I liked, and I really liked computers, and uh, they had an Apple IIe way back then, and I knew how to program basic. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned some of that yeah. when I was in Alaska. And But there was that voice in the back of my head, and about two weeks into it, some of those old friends, so to speak, um, started calling me up, and... and uh, there, there's the finger pointing to the disclaimer that I'm a fuck up. This is who I am. I'm going to quit this and go back into that. Um, so yeah, I feel you with that. Well, today think- it's today it's so much easier to just jump because of the internet and like Facebook groups and Twitter and hashtags and like you can easily just every day be pulled in all these different directions. Because you still do. I mean, you can even follow that political grouping into faith grouping. And then it's so easy today to find a group of people that are going to believe like you do. So exactly. you're not going to be challenged. Yeah. yeah. You can you can tailor it down to the yeah. very last little nub. And you can get and that group to feed that voice mm-hmm. or to feed another voice. Yeah. And there's yeah. 7 billion people on the planet. Yes. So... so Finding even a million people that believe the exact same thing that you do, not that hard. No. Yeah. It's a very small percentage of the total population. And that's the yeah. groups that we'll hang with. Yeah. yeah. That's why that was the group that you hung with. That's why even back in the Hey high Siri, school, how many Facebook groups are there? Okay. I found this on the web for how many Facebook groups are there. <laughs> Check it out. Of course she never has. She's not Alexa. <laughs> We're on a podcast, Siri. People can't look at it. Anyway, sorry, Steve. No, that's a good job. I forget where I was going with that. But I I feel you. It's whether it's political or... Yeah, because that's where I was going with that. It's because those voices that you're going to hear. So you watch... Now the the latest thing is that it's Fauci admitted that he lied initially on on the... validity of masks. Right. Even though it was a good reason because they didn't think there was going to be enough to 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 uh, for the frontline workers. But then what do you believe going forward? Right. What do you believe when you've you've been told something uh, in in the faith communities, you've been told something and it doesn't pan out. So then what do you believe? Do you believe the voice that said you're a fuck up and you always will be will be or yeah. you're such a loser, you'll always be a loser. Those are the voices that I continue to hear. And you'll try to decipher, okay, what voice am I listening to? Yeah, yeah. And some of those groups are really, really accommodating. Yeah. Like a white power group, they will accept anybody yeah. as long as they're white. Yeah. Like that's the only requirement. Right. Like they are. And sometimes they won't even know with you if you're white. Just, there's a movie about that, a black guy who joined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a whole. Dave Chappelle sketch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you joined the KKK. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, They made a movie about it, too, didn't they? Yeah, well, that one's more serious, but that was a joke. But, yeah, the... (laughs) And again, like, yeah, the, like, you know, I grew up in North Idaho, and I knew a lot of those skinheads. 
and they were not a real talented group of people, not real attractive. In many cases, it's hard to find a group more accepting than a white power group. Yeah. Because a lot more groups have much more stringent requirements. And like, like, are you white? And can we convince you to hate people that aren't white? That's it. Mm-hmm. That is like, we don't care who you are, what you can do, what your background is, what other things you believe. Doesn't matter. Like, all we care about is, are you white? And can you learn to not like people that aren't white? And that's really attractive, especially yeah. to the outcasts yes. in society. Yeah. The people that have been told over and over and over again, NASA are not interested. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, it's absolutely understandable to see why people get sucked into those groups. You can find a group to accept you now, especially now. You know, it's a, it's a lot easier because through a screen right. where you couldn't get right. accepted. And you also get a control who you are to those people too yeah that's true be so totally enough. you can you can create your own persona yeah. and have other people love that persona and then the scary part is you get into that group ask yourself is this the truth you know or am I deceived and, well a million people can't be wrong no. Steve everybody's yeah, screaming this is true yeah can they and that's the end of the group oh, there again you go there's the numbers I don't, do you believe the numbers? No, I don't believe the numbers anymore. I don't believe them. No. So yeah. what do you believe? And that's the, that'd be the question, is, is what's your reality? And then, then it comes back to our old punk theology question that always comes up, is you really need to explore, okay, maybe, maybe the facts aren't the real important thing. Maybe the why do you want to believe it question is more important. Yeah. If you get into the why do you want to believe this and why is it so important for you to believe this and you can be real honest with yourself that's where some of your sickness starts to get unfolded you can you can put that on the table for society today Mm -hmm. why do you have to why is it important to you to follow trump why is it important for you to follow biden why is it important for you to fill in the blank it starts to really get Ask into, the question. into your fear. Yeah. To not wear masks, to wear masks. <laughs> you know, yeah. a, to protest, to not protest. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, a thousand different and, reasons. And so many of those are such good examples, because really on the surface, a lot of them are very silly. And yet, these people are having really strong reactions to them. So it can't... So for some reason, it's really important to them, and most of them have very little idea as to why. Like, they have never really sat down and thought, why do I want to believe this so badly that I'm willing to, you know, send out death threats and, and, you know, obsessively rage uh, for days at a time to the point where I'm not sleeping or eating well. Because yeah. I'm just so upset. Throw family members out of right. You know, yes, yeah, so life. Like, you know, yeah, again, so coming back to the conversation that Chuck and I had about the relationship thing. Like, so many of these idealistic groups, um, like, at some point you do really significant damage to people that used to be really close to you. Yeah. Um, and, at some, and, and a lot of times it will come down to, and this was my generation's real ache and anger, is realizing that our parents loved their ideals more than they loved their children. Mm-hmm. And if their children did not... Yeah believe the same ideals that yeah. they yeah. that they had, they were very quick to cut off the children 
and cling to their ideals. And that is unbelievably painful yeah. you know, to come to a realization of that. There's a kid on YouTube, a queer kid, a man, and he, a young man, and he does these makeup tutorials, you mm -hmm. know. And he's like pretty famous now. Like yeah. he's just, and his dad came on one, and his dad started doing like his eyeshadow and stuff like this, and he started, he started to talk about why he does it, why he loves his son mm -hmm. and accepts him the way he is. And he touched on religion just a bit, like the people. And then he goes, and then I read this, my son's comment section. Mm -hmm. And how, and then he looks at him and goes, how you can do this despite what people say? Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm so proud of you. And then he just lost it. Right. <laughs> he just started just bawling. I'm almost getting emotional thinking about his reaction to just loving his son. And yeah, that's that's a good symptom of that kind of schizophrenia. Is when you're so religious that you could tell your LGBTQ kid to to hit the bricks, or I mean, a few years ago, last what was it? Last year at Pride, we hugged uh -huh. LGBT kids. We didn't put which, that, which I super miss doing this year. I've yeah. been bummed so many times that we didn't get to do that. This yeah, year. we should put some it's, of those photos. So we never really. Pumped it. We didn't talk about it, it that so much. Good. We were sort of taking a break from the podcast at the time, but yeah, it was so good. And there was, there were some people that you could feel it. Oh yeah, they, they had some. I had a couple women in particular just absolutely shatter. Yeah, like break down, like snot on my shirt. Um, were they younger? Yeah, that would be. An, that was one of my regrets for not going. Being an older guy, mm -hmm. uh, there would be a lot of younger guys and gals down there that are they're missing that dad, and the, the, it's so it's so easy to become what you hate, and that's the challenge: is don't become what you hate. Don't become that isolationist that because your kids might. And this is the this is my challenge as a dad of, of 25 and a 30 year old daughter: is don't become my dad, that if my daughters think differently than I am, they're wrong automatically. Listen, engage, and talk. And if they go a different path, it might not be the path that I would choose, irregardless. What if they choose to go super religious on me? Right. That's, That's yeah, fine. If I can listen to that yeah. and be in that room with them yeah. and understand and listen. Because I think that's what a lot of those folks that are they're longing for is just that, that, that desire to be heard. John and I were talking recently about, because we're both in a pretty significant process of reparenting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that reparenting ourselves comes with highlighting the failures of your own parents. Uh, and having a strong desire to revisit some of that stuff with your parents, revisit some of their failures. And the struggle of realizing my parent loves the idea that they were a good parent more than they love the reality of my relationship with them. And they are they are so in love with the idea that they were a good parent that they are unwilling to explore the moments in which they weren't. Um, because it messes, it fucks with their own. Yeah. Despite the fact that it would be a huge, it would actually make them a good parent. 
that they would be parenting their child in their 30s and 40s, 30s and 40s through this process, and that's what a good parent would actually do, is be able to self-sacrifice that way and, and talk about the mistakes they, they made. But that identity of I was a good parent was so important. Mm -hmm. And there's just a deep, sick irony yeah. in their inability to do that. And it really hurts a lot and trying to deal with that. Um, well, they're not dead yet. Right. <laughs> I know, but... That's a good... I don't know, I'm not trying to shit It on does your, feel... and that It feels, up, it hurts. Uh, yeah, it hurts. But it came up like it does feel sometimes like The Walking, like the walking Dead. Yeah. Like, like you're still alive, but the hope that this will ever be able to be resolved feels really bleak. Yeah. That's salvation for zombies. I think Rob. <laughs> it gets scary when you think that you can. Your kids could go uber conservative, mm -hmm. or uber liberal, and yeah. will you still love them? And that's one of the things I think that um, I realize is that I was a horrible dad for fifteen years of my kids' lives. A horrible dad, um, if not well, it's probably twenty of my oldest. But realizing that and talking about that, and they both appreciate that reality. And I can listen to them, you know, and they're both different. Different personalities, different belief systems, different goals. But to sit there and say, you're your person, you're, you're who you are. Yeah. You know, that was, my dad never got that. Both my parents apologized to me. My mom apologized before she passed. Which I thought was great because I fe I felt both of them had that too. Yeah. Like there was a time in their lives that they wouldn't apologize for nothing. Yeah, like my, they would have just never did. propped themselves up and said, I'm awesome. I was a great parent. And even my stepmother, who was, you know, going through her own shit and she had a lot of abuse growing up as well, apologized to me. Like I was a horrible. I could see why you were scared of me, you know. My mom? dad, my dad said, yeah, I shouldn't have. How old was your mom when she passed? She was 75. My mom passed in 2016, relatively young. Yeah. But she also, you know, apologized for... My mom got a little deeper, and, and it's something that she passed on to me, and I still struggle with, but I'm trying to be there. So my mom apologized for not being present sometimes I just wasn't emotionally present with you and I was like that with my kids you know yeah. for a lot of the time just from my own trauma but still today I'm easily distracted and trying to reconnect with my son my son and I have had a tumultuous relationship and trying to reconnect with him and yeah whatever you know, I think that you touched on it earlier, Derek, those, those, those words of why do you want to believe that? Like those are five really important words. Another, another words that could go with that, which I think are really great, are I'd be curious to know, you know. The three practice groups, that's a big one. It's, it's not, not rushing in there with, I've got something to tell you. Right. No, it's, I'd be curious to know. Like, here's here's where I'm at, but I'd be curious to know where you're at. I'd be curious to know why you want to believe what you believe. 
and I, there's something really human about that. So how would you explain, define your reality? Well, I'm sitting here in Derek's basement drinking a Seattle-based beer that was named after a radio show. <laughs> Seattle. And that's about, I don't know, that's one of my things about belief, too. Like, belief, belief is so human because it transcends our current reality, right? Like, I'm sitting here in Derek's basement drinking a beer with you two guys who are my friends. We're recording a show. Some people might be listening to it. Um... But, but but just in in the transcendence of what my belief systems are, like that's a whole nother huge gamut of of where I'm at. And if I'm honest, Steve, to answer your question, what I believe tomorrow may be much different than what I believe. I think our reality, if it's uh, correct me, but I think if we're if we're honest and healthy, if our reality is constantly evolving. Yeah. And yeah. developing and changing. At least our belief. Especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. That whole idea of trying to explain the internet to your dog comes to mind. That's the theologian in me. That's why I still believe in in God is because I think that God, love, grace, all of that is just so much bigger than me. The theological construct of all of everything is way bigger than I could ever understand. And, uh, and I'll take it. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound please leave a review on itunes stitcher tune in radio or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast punk theology is the property of digital audio project a limited liability corporation who is responsible for its content don't chicken out it's like i picked the wrong week to quit smoking it's like i picked the wrong week to quit drinking it's like i picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines that's a huge bitch Picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue.